Hey everyone, this is Connor. Before we get started, I just want to encourage you to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. If you become a patron, you'll get access to multiple exclusive episodes every month. And you can also join our patrons-only Discord chat, where Pete and I talk informally with the Podside Picnic community. So if you like the show, go ahead and check us out at patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. Thanks. Welcome back to Podside, everyone. Uh, this is, of course, Carlo, and today we have a full house. The tavern's full today. <laughs> and introduce yourselves, uh, tavern goers. Hello. Uh, hi, it's it's Pete. Um, I guess I guess I'm in this uh, it, to to do the typical analogy. I'm probably the gnome upstairs. Uh, 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 banging the innkeeper's daughter <laughs> okay roll for initiative pete i'm sorry uh I, hi hey it's me it's me kurt uh and i guess i am the uh the character that wants desperately to be cool but that doesn't do anything cool and just looks cool and poses oh the one with the gun that doesn't fire the one with the gun the gun that has the uh, magical safety on it that can't fire at anyone except those who aven- he's going to avenge, you know, or whatever. <laughs> anyway, uh, and Chris, Chris, yes. which character are you? are you? The bear, Chris? I am the bear. That's me. Yes. <laughs> Trinket, Mister, Mister, Sir, who, who will not appear in this series. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we're going to get together for a, a little beer run uh, and, and talk, uh, perhaps incidentally, about um, the legend of Vox Machina, which uh, uh, I, I don't, yeah, I, I have to say, uh, uh, how many episodes did you folks all get into? Um. I watched two, and what I'll say up front is I'm glad it wasn't The Legend of Vox Day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I watched two also, and I'm glad that you're not Vox mocking us making and watch any more of that. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I watched one, and I was like, you know, I kind of got it. (laughs) I got it. I I get it. Thank you. Really, you know, Chris, Chris, you're right. Uh, After the first one. Yeah, it's really it's the opposite of a Lay's potato chip, right? It's very honest. It's very honest about what you're getting into. I'm sorry, I stepped on your joke like a Lay's potato chip crunching on the floor. Please, please finish it. No, it's all good. It's got it's got hair on it now. (laughs) Um, Ten seconds. But yeah, I I do have to say that I I I put it on in the background while I was working and made my way all the way through it, and I can't really say that there is a. character beat that you didn't catch in the first episode so chris kudos to you i made a smart choice it, there's not so much a character beat as there is only symbols <laughs> that's right yes yes <laughs> oh oh speaking of which speaking of beats there we go oh, oh yes I just, uh, so uh what is the legendary uh drinking that you are having kurt um i am drinking uh cosmic oblivion by adroit theory which has a sick fucking label um oh, imagine imagine like uh, imagine the Motorhead logo, which is like a like, like a like a skull 
with uh, like ram's horns coming out of it. But then also uh, imagine it was a Dark Souls boss um, mm-hmm. is what it looks like. Uh, it, and it, and it, it looks really good. Yes. It looks in real space. fucking sick. Yeah. Well, I am drinking a thematic beer, which <laughs> is Top- Toppling Goliath's Dragon Fandango. There we go. Yep. There you go. So um, it, it tastes like fruit with some beer on it. <laughs> fruit, fruit that fell in some beer <laughs> which I, which isn't all that bad but you know it's like there, there's a limit to how good that's gonna be mm-hmm. i got really tired of uh, fruit beers right as i was like toning down my engagement with like beer culture because I, I i used to be a real obnoxious like beer scene guy and just like ha- having kids cures that pretty quickly for the most part. <laughs> for, not not for everybody. There's some terminal cases out there. Oh, yeah. Um but uh <laughs> but but for me it was like okay, I need I I uh, there's 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 no way to make these two worlds of mine uh uh jive well. So, um but I have to say I, when, when now that in the past year or so I've I've started kind of dipping my toe back into the waters, I'm astonished at just how much fruit beer there is because i i felt like it was overdone at the time and now it feels like most stuff is some kind of a fruit beer it's mm-hmm. fine there's yes I, that's how i there's there's like a a brew pub that i i uh, have gone to a couple times in gettysburg and that seems to be their only thing is like fruit and they do a lot of that uh the, the lactose so stuff is like yeah really really um you know milky uh real heavy everything's just like yeah. feel, everything feels like you're drinking a smoothie from there um i, I like i like <laughs> i like the heavy thick beers but but i'm like a meat and potatoes beer guy i don't want to be drinking like like a rattler i don't be dr- drinking some some tour de france beer i want to be drinking a beer that you you drink before you go kill a werewolf a sword, <laughs> that's right right yeah you know um well i i'm uh keeping it um Pretty down straight down the line. I'm drinking a Pilsner uh, from Pizza Boy called Ilsner. Um, uh, I mean, Pizza Boy is great. Pilsner yes. is great, but yeah, Pizza Boy is great. Uh, this is actually a par- a car- apparently a, a collab with Warwick Farm Brewing, which I'm not familiar with at all. <laughs> so you just you just made me think that uh, Pizza Boy is like uh, is like uh, Paperboy from the Atlanta show's rival. So Vox Machina. Um, I, I, has anyone here actually watched Critical Role? I watched like a minute of it and I was like, I can't, I can't do I, this. I, I have, I have, <laughs> so, so Kurt, I think, um, is that and, Rusty and, Quill? No, I think it's, it's a whole, I, I think it's a different, uh, thing. Uh, th- I mean, there's a bunch of different, um, sort of, uh, channels that are about like watching people play their, their D and D or whatever, you know, whatever their RPG is. And, you know, that's fine. Uh, I, I just, I think, uh, Kurt, if I, if I can jump ahead and perhaps repeat something that you said, uh, offline back <laughs> to you, um, I, I realized that, uh, watching something like that, even listening to like a, a play along, right. Where it's not even like, you're not even watching people, um, is, I don't know. It's it's it doesn't it's do like, it for me. Yeah, it really doesn't. I I like it's the I, opposite of what I want. That is my work. Being trapped at a place where I have to watch a D and D game that I can't play is that's that's a nightmare. That's my <laughs> hell. That's that's the word. That's the that's the thing you don't want to happen when you're at 
like a comic store is for it to be like D and D night, and they're just all you can hear is just people playing D and D, and and <laughs> and they're excited to talk to you about their characters, and you're like, I don't care, I don't well, care, I'm not in the game. <laughs> it's the difference between playing a sport and watching a sport. Yeah, yeah, but but some some sports are good watching sports, and there's like and and there's a thing in my brain that understands it, and there's not here. So so okay okay real real quick. Vox Machina is the animated adaptation of the first campaign of Critical Role, which is a like Twitch. I, I don't think it started on Twitch, but I, I think it's on Twitch now. Twitch series, basically, they got a bunch of voice actors and they play basically Dungeons and Dragons. And, and it's it's very kind of like improv tinged, more more humorous than I think most probably most like people our age who who have D experience is but but definitely feels like to its credit definitely feels like it opened up tabletop gaming to like a whole new audience and and helped repopularize it so like i don't want to just just like be down on it you know it's mm-hmm. it's people's thing and that's that's fine it's it's not my thing and nobody has ever tried to convince me uh and having said this i'm sure that someone will no one has ever tried to convince me that like you know like critical role is is like this, you know, massive essential work of art that is, you know, speaking deep truths about the universe it just seems like, you know, <laughs> nerds having fun who are a different type of nerd than me and like a different type of fun than me. That said, that said, the cartoon, it seems we all found abominable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of I mean, I think that the issue is that it's it comes across as rather insufferable, right? Yeah. Um, in in a in a very sort of smug sort of way where there there doesn't seem to be any stakes at all um in, in i feel like even the beats where you're supposed to feel like oh there's a threat it doesn't ever feel threatening because it's, the the tone is so um so sort of uh, dismissive of any actual sincerity yeah. or or like well and you can see there's another episode like knowing it's based on a role playing thing the fact that another episode is right there tells you that it's bullshit you know the which way the roles went <laughs> well well i mean true yeah true I, I yeah i mean that that is true but but in fairness i mean you could say that of any tv show right uh, well yes there is truth to that so so, so but, I, I would i would say that i think that the issue with a tv show if it's done well is the fact that um if you if it manages to engage you and pull you in you it's i think to 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 kurt's point you could watch wrestling and you know everyone knows that wrestling is not it's choreographed i'm not going to say it's fake it's choreographed right there's a script running and so on and so forth but there's always a tension between okay so what's going to happen and also there is always the wild card of okay so this is the script but is something going to happen where you know your your favorite character uh wrestler whatever is going to actually get injured are they going to have to improvise something on the fly is someone going to get mad at the at the uh the person and go off script and then that's going to create a, a a flurry of sort of weird uh recalibrating uh issues and whatnot so so i think that that the issue for me is more the the fact that it doesn't feel at all sincere. 
Mm-hmm. It just sort of like it's very surface level, um, and that that goes for the jokes as well. well uh, I, I mean, going back to your point about uh, like feeling like there's no stakes. W- w- at one point in the, the the one episode I watched, uh, they're, <laughs> they're they're walking through a village and like to, like on their way to to defeat you know whatever is harming the the countryside and. There's like a family and they're essentially basically, they're basically like, oh, we, we're going to live forever. Thank you for coming through. <laughs> and, and the guy like gives them a coin and like, it's like, nothing's bad's happened because you blessed us now and everything. And like, uh, and then of course, of course, at the end, you know, they're dead. And it's like, that was just the most obvious, like setting up and yeah. payoff of uh, s- stakes that like could possibly be. Y- yeah. There's, and, and here. When when I started watching this, it immediately reminded me of when I was like, you know, 17 or 18 and I was really into like D&D and other relate, you know, like rifts and other tabletop RPG stuff. And I was so in love with the campaigns that I was doing. I was like, man, somebody should make a movie or something about our campaign. It's so good. And and truth be told, it wasn't. And if they had done that, it would be almost exactly like like Vox Machina. It this is this is exactly what you get. If you adapt a tabletop role playing game, you know, literally into mm-hmm. uh, like into a movie or a TV show, you, you get this story that is only interesting or engaging if you are a, one of the players. And if you're not, it's just like, oh, Jesus, it's like somebody telling you about their dream. And you're like, I don't I don't care. You're just saying words to me. And or the, the <laughs> other the other thing, though, the other the other thing I'll say is this is the. This is what if a D&D campaign, but every character was the comic relief character? Yes. Or, yes. or what if what if you made an entire plane out of the epic bacon black box um, <laughs> yeah. or or it's, it's oops, all oops, all epic bacon or it's um, or or the other thing I'll say is and this 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 really got to wear on me by the time that I got to to, to the second episode. Did I have did either of you see uh either the guild or Welcome to Eltingville or some other show where the characters are playing a game and at the beginning of the game or at the beginning of the episode it shows the characters in the game? Mhm. Yeah. It mm. felt like that, but instead of only being a minute and a half long and be like, "Oh, mm. well that was interesting." It just never stops. Yes. And just yeah. continues. This feels like like you took the part of a show that would be about people who play D and D and just never, never stopped the in-game part. It just doesn't. So okay. this is nothing there. I, you were going to say something. <laughs> <I'm done ranting. laughs> yeah, I'll, 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 I'll try and be fast because I, th- I think we've all been waiting for Kurt. Um, <laughs> no, the, <laughs> the, the two things I want to say is one, I, I think we should uh, outro with, do you want to date my avatar? I think Kurt led us right there. But uh, the other thing I wanted to mention was uh, we we've talked a little bit about the script, and I think the real problem is that there's about seven scripts. Yeah, like there's yeah. the script being written by the DM, like all the non-player characters and what they're doing, and yada yada yada. And each individual character is the main character wrestling with every other character yes, desperately yes. for the mic, and it's yeah. tedious. Yes. Well, I mean, I, I think I think one of the things that um, that I, I will say is is lacking here is that uh, I I feel like this would have been fine as a let's play um, or, or, you know, like listening to critical role or whatever. Right. But this doesn't feel, it feels like they took exactly 
the the highlights of a, yeah, of a critical yeah, role thing it and, up. Yeah, just, yeah. and just ported it directly over. Oh, that's a script. And and it's like, no, that's not a script because first off it is, it is a little too much like exactly that. It's like a, a, a gaming group that all, everyone is used to being like, uh, is used to being like second fiddle or like an extra in mm-hmm. their day job. So this is the the moment they shine yeah. uh, in mm-hmm. their lives, <laughs> you yes. know? And so everyone wants to be funny. Uh, also, it it follows the D&D logic, right? Because if you've ever been in a gaming group, and I'm sure that many of our listeners have been where, you, okay, so you're the, you know, you decided to play the sensible character and whatever that character is, it's the one that you wanted to play, right? It's you're, you're the bard, you're <laughs> yes. the this, yeah, yeah. but, but then, but then your, your buddy who is not exactly your buddy, except when you're gaming with him, decided that he's going to play the dumb barbarian. Yes. The one that has three intelligence because he wanted to make sure that he had 18 or or whatever the highest stat is in your game uh, for strength. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so on and so forth. So you get this, the, the Vox Machina cast is this weird mishmash of uh of like weird characters you do in fact get grog the the three intelligence barbarian um who's good natured unless you're not part of the group uh but then you have like uh you know a bard uh you have a priest uh you know or a cleric or whatever uh a a a druid i think uh a surfeit of thieves way too many thieves am i wrong oh oh, for sure (laughs) yeah but but then but then you get the 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 total wild card which is uh uh what's his name percival who is yeah. the guy with the gun and you're like guy with the gun. well, he, well he, this who, is who seems this like, is the guy who should be like blasting everything to bits like yeah this is totally unbalanced well he, he seems like he's like he was like uh, uh, you know, ripped from a steampunk game and put and put in a D and D game. He's like, he's vashed the stampede. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In in D and D and like I, I don't know, man. It's just sort of like a weird. Wow, like, wow. I didn't even pick up on. It. You're right, dude. You're fucking right. He is. He is literally vashed the stampede. You're right. Wow. You what, got what it. is that? Tri trigun. Yeah, trigun. Yeah. Yes, trigun. Yeah. Only hmm. one gun here, but um, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, but, and, yeah. He's he's like a preppy vashed the stampede. And and the other thing about it is like um. It's if I will say that um, there is a when they do the so like in in the second episode, there there is that moment where they all team up and like fight the dragon and they kill the dragon. Um, And it it was actually very well animated and like very well thought out, like like the combat mechanics of it. And it reminded me a lot of when you read when you read a book where the, the book isn't very good but the combat is like written in like a very mechanically like logical way like you can you can oh. tell that like they put a lot of thought into it like the, you mean the, like the, an Ari Salvatore <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. like like the, the craft is there and like okay like this is kind of cool but but it's not it's not cool in service of anything it, and it literally it just it just like kind of it, it looks cool and it, do, it does look cool and the the thing that I can't connect is like it it 
if I was a fan of Critical Role, I think I would be loving this because this is like pure fan service, right? Like, yes. But, mm-hmm. but what's what's puzzling to me is the experience of being a fan of a D and D group that I'm not in. That's yes. that's what I find so disjointed. Is like like it would it would have been insane if someone was like, "You are right, 19 year old Kurt. Your D and D group, we should make you know a major motion picture out of it." And I go, "Yay, cool!" And I you know. <laughs> I would go to the theater and I'd be like, this is so fucking cool. And everyone else would sit there and stare at the screen and, you know, total silence. Um, It would be like Cool World or something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's so it's so strange. (laughs) Cool cool World, not a good movie, but I will say it's a little better than its reputation. I'll just just say that. I'll just say that. Okay, I'm going to invent a term on the spot. Para role playing. Oh, yeah. It it really it really is. Yeah, yeah. It really is. Literally. yeah. Yeah. So so. I did have that that conversation um, with somebody on the Right Good Discord who I totally forget. Um, uh, but it, yeah, it's oh, that, you're, that's one subscription lost. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I, well, I'm just to, saying. I want to credit his who made this observation, but 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 they <laughs> they said almost exactly that same thing. Where it was like it was it was as if the audience were all part of. The party and Critical Role has a big audience, so you in theory have you know five hundred thousand or whatever people who are all part of this D and D group, even though there's only you know seven people who are actually playing, and so they all get that same sense. It's just weird to me to not be like to not watch that and be like, I want to play my own you know D and D So and, so I I uh, t- oh Chris, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was just gonna say like that like. I- I, and I can see in the context of a, a you know a play along or a let's play or whatever where you're you know listening to them actually playing where they might be able to make like comments out of character and like jokes and stuff like that just like where you uh, have like that that camaraderie and then that I can like that's not for me but I could see where somebody would enjoy that kind of stuff but like this is all that minus anything any of like the personal <laughs> stuff like it's like it's just the straight in character moments that and that are completely. You know the you know the the, yeah. the reaching for jokes and and it's, like it's 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 people who talk only in things that you would rem- that, that that you would think of to have said you know hours later when like you're taking a shower and you're like shit when that guy said this I should have said that that would have been really funny <laughs> yeah like it's, like it's, it's, it's entire it's an entire show of the uh, what is it l'esprit the scalier yeah, 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 like, yeah. <laughs> just like all the shit that you would have said in the moment if when you were having an argument to own someone yeah and um, it, and it just it never stops and and yeah um. Pete's point about it being like insincere. I was I was begging for like uh, like like a straight man character. <laughs> I was like please, yeah. please, yeah. Somebody, well, I mean, they, somebody they, have they some make, investment in that. So so in its defense, they make several gestures to that, but it's never really like even in the first um, episode where they 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 get like kicked out of the the tavern that they've been like basically they they they've drunken themselves into a belligerent stupor. Have a fight, destroy, just trash the place, cut someone's hand off, um, and 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 vomit everywhere, and then you know, like they're out on the uh, out on the cobblestones, just sort of like, well, I guess we don't even really like each other. We we're poor. Yeah. I guess this is blah blah, and it lasts for all of like maybe a minute and a half. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, and then immediately. Oh, I'm glad that you mentioned the hand, by the way, because there's a weird. There's a weird thing going on where it is both very gory and very prurient. Like there's a lot of sex humor 
There's even yeah. some mm-hmm. some nudity at the first episode, which like which I I was very surprised by. Um, but it si- feels simultaneously like edgy and sanitized, and I don't mm. know how they did that. It feels it feels like like they took an episode of the Netflix Shira cartoon and they had it animated by the Castlevania team, and it's like <laughs> it feels like a ch- it feels like a children's show where all of a sudden somebody's head comes off and blood sprays everywhere. Well, I mean, it's it's it's, it's, it's sort of like. Uh, you know, th- this isn't your parents. This isn't yeah. your dad's D and D. It's your uncle's D and D. Well, well, and then it's but but then it's sort of like they <laughs> they they bring you into like Disney at night. Yeah, yeah I, w- basically I was thinking that. of it as heavy metal done by the guys who did the original Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. Yeah, I disagree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, mm. I I sort of disagree with because I was going to point out that the I think. Uh, at this point, we we probably should visit the the original Dungeons and Dragons cartoon, which is probably doesn't really hold up great. Not every pr- episode is going to be great. It's going it, to make us huge in Brazil, buddy. We got to do it. It holds <laughs> we, up okay. We, yes. It actually holds up okay. It, 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 I I watched a little bit of it um, like a year or two ago, and I I was I was surprised at. At, like it, it is of that era of like Saturday morning cartoons. It is it is on the upper end. Like I was surprised. Mm-hmm. There is a little bit more pathos than you would expect. Well, th- that's what I'm saying. Like I feel like there is a there is a certain goofiness, but they only have like uh, in in that um, property. It's only really Cavalier who is you know Eric who is the is it Eric right. I think it's Eric, who is the the comic relief, and mainly because he's a fucking coward. Yeah, <laughs> and it's Eric because that was my brother's name, and that just filled me with a dark joy. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's funny because my brother's name was Dungeon Master. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> was he? Was he also short and bald? He was a short little bald man with a skullet <laughs> <laughs> and the weird and the weird like. Uh, I mean, Avenger. I don't even know what to call them. No, Avenger just has the one horn. He's evil from um from from uh Time Bandits. Yes, yes he mm. is. Um so could as long as we're bringing up things we should watch, I'd like to do one episode on Thundar at some point. And that yes. that is not going to hold yeah. up. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> but Let's it's so it. badass. Oh, and oh. like He's running around with a lightning sword, yet somehow manages to never hurt anybody. Oh yeah, it's like an OSHA nightmare. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I mean, the, uh, so the Conan the Barbarian um, cartoon that they made in the oh, early yeah. '90s is like that too. Actually, where um, it's it's not Conan the Barbarian; it's Conan the Adventurer. First of all, because I guess Barbarian is too violent. Um, but Ooh. but it's it's a it's a major plot point that the only thing that can kill the Snake People is weapons made of star metal and so all the people in conan's um team have weapons made of star metal and oh interesting they they banish all the snake people back to you know the void but nobody ever actually really hits anybody with their weapon Uh, (laughs) they keep having to come up with like weird contrivances where yeah um, so uh, if I can backtrack just a moment, Pete, because um, you mentioned something about the the para role playing and got me thinking. And I do think uh, as someone who was you know playing for maybe a couple of months uh, back, uh, I think in mid 2020 or whatever, um, it it just reminds me, you just reminded me that there is probably a huge contingent of uh especially adults who remember like playing D D with but then 
because you're an adult cannot actually play D and D as often as you'd like. So then this is your like watching something like Critical Role or you know whatever whatever uh, you know online YouTube uh, Twitch stream whatever it may be um, you know sort of like a gaming group play is in fact sort of vicariously playing D and D until the t uh, such a time as you can finally all your schedules uh, coincide. It's like the stars aligning or some shit. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> So, so I do think that there is something there and I, I do think that places like critical role probably have a lot of people like that, you know, um, the, 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 I think that the problem then would be that if you have, <laughs> if, if you have a critical role viewer in your gaming group in your real life gaming group and no one else is, that's probably going to be a problem. <laughs> They're going to be like, okay, buddy, you got it. No. <laughs> Time out. Your, like, your you're character's at an eight. We're gonna need you to be at a two. Okay. <laughs> you are not in this scene. Why are you making jokes? Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> but you know there there must be a lot of out there because uh, they they kickstarted this um, the show um, before it got picked up by Amazon um, and it made like fourteen million dollars on yeah, Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah. It was like the highest highest um, highest backed uh tv or film project on kickstarter i don't know if i mean until brandon sanderson decided to <laughs> yeah yeah well that's so, yeah that's trevor um trevor from champagne sharks had this theory about what he called free-floating stan energy where like there's people <laughs> who will just become stands of like anything they encounter like any tv show they encounter and I don't think that's the same group that is that is into this, but I do think there's some kind of free floating geek stan energy. Like like there, there's a bunch of stuff that you don't understand why it has a massive fandom, but it does. And the people who are into, but like I I bet the people who are into Critical Role as like fans are also into like the Adventure Zone and you know mm. a couple other things of that ilk. Um, and there just seems to be a sort of person who likes to be a fan of stuff, and that's and that's fine. I'm not, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not dunking on it. Um, so yeah, like it, it, it is. Yeah, I, I agree. It is very confusing. We're like, why, why do you want this? I guess I, I guess I get it. It's like people who like Will Wheaton. I'm nothing against him. <laughs> I just don't want to see that guy. <laughs> yes. Well, it, it's, it has very, um, like 2010s, like nerdist vibes yeah. that yes. like just, that like I, I feel like you know the majority of people have moved on from but uh did you ever watch the guild yeah i did i, I, I was aware was, of it i thought that was fine uh, honestly and I, I actually feel like i feel like the guild is 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 a slightly better version of this because it actually tries to give things like stakes because it mm -hmm. has like the characters real lives and it's not it was it wasn't great but like it was like a web tv show you know it was it was like small potatoes um, well, I mean, I was into one of the actresses, which totally warps my worldview on it. So, <laughs> hmm, um, I wonder who that might be. Yeah, hey, no, we're leaving it there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, oh, God, there was something else. Oh, yeah, something I do want to make clear about this is like the people who raise fourteen million dollars for it and have this parasocial relation. Good for them. Yeah, good for like, them. Good for I, them. I am obsessed with some of the most trivial bullshit imaginable, and I cannot imagine. Like trying to come between them and pushing the show through, I'm just not going to watch it anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah no. just, so so to our one listener who is into this, bless your heart. 
Yeah, and, and you know what? Like they should they should enjoy this because it was made for them. I don't understand why Amazon was like, "Yes, we need this." Mm-hmm. Like there was no way there's there's no way that this well, is going to become popular with anyone who is not already a you, fan. You of mentioned Critical that Critical Role. Role is on Twitch. Amazon owns Twitch, right? That's true. Oh, that, that's a good point. That's Corporate good point. synergy, buddy. I did notice that this doesn't. I I think that Critical Role officially uses like D and D, and I don't think this has anything to do. With D and D, yeah, well, produce properly. It's, 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 brand- it's definitely D and D. Well, no, well, I but mean, I mean, I mean, on on like a branding not, and not, IP point, yeah, like a, a branding and thing. Yeah. Well, I'm 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 guessing that they're probably not cleared to do any of that, and they're probably skirting all all manner of you know uh, problems, including cease and desists and and all that good stuff. Um, but you know, uh, I, I bet it, Wizards of the Coast is fucking psyched about Critical Role, though. I oh bet yeah, I bet they're over the moon that, th- that something like that is that popular. Like, I bet that that that's like a primary onboarding. Uh, honestly, oh, if oh, you for look sure. up, if you look up like like the Critical Role subreddit, there's people breaking down like <laughs> which what I will spells, not. <laughs> what spells people had and like what their saving throws were and like should they ah. have done something else on like a tactical level. Um, I did like your your observation, Pete, that that there was no way that uh. That uh, Scanlan would have Scanlan known what, what the fuck uh, Big B's hand was. Yeah, <laughs> true. It's just true. Very this is true, definitely yes. this is definitely like a campaign that started people at like level twelve or thirteen. Which I I've been I've been in campaigns like that, and and mm-hmm. they can be fun, but that itself adds an extra layer of of like it's hard to care, right? Yeah. yeah, my honestly, my favorite moments of a campaign where a group of ten people have to team up and make a complicated plan to kill a goblin. I just love that. <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> my my favorite uh my favorite moment in in any campaign. I, I I have two of them. Um, one is uh our our DM um bless his soul uh his name is uh, actually his name is Peter. Also, actually, mm. um. He came up with uh with a character called Thaco Min Maximus, who <laughs> we were playing in uh three and a half uh, or uh, you know three point five, so uh, D twenty, and and one m- like mini boss character uh used second edition rules, and and so we <laughs> all used D twenty, but but Thaco Min Maximus um used you know two hit armor class of zero and 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 other combat rules that was one <laughs> the other the other thing was we encountered uh, a wizard who had devoted his life to studying the spell goodberries and he had finally after years and years <laughs> of study come up with great berries <laughs> oh my god oops all great berries yeah so <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> again, his claim again, to fame Fun to play, but I would not expect a major, you know, TV show to yeah. emerge from it. Well, you know, Kurt, to to that wizard's credit, that's that's how he got published. Finally, yeah, yeah, he, he had to defend his dissertation about Great Barry. <laughs> yeah, and, and so I, I want to talk about the animation style a little bit, if I could. Um, yes, it, it has that kind of like um, American anime style yes. influenced. Um, it's Castlevania looks- to me, right? Yeah, like- or or like um, I was thinking of like um, the Harley Quinn show. Um, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Good. Call. Yeah, and it also required. It, it also um, reminded me of that because of like the overuse of like uh, saying like fuck and stuff like that. Where yeah, it was, oh like, yeah, that was yeah. And, and like I, I actually did eventually got into Harley Quinn, but like the first couple episodes, I was like, oh boy, this is like 
edgelord, like, you know, I'm 14 and I know the word F word kind of stuff. <laughs> and uh, eventually, it's, like, it's, okay, it's okay, Chris, you can say fuck on, on this podcast. <laughs> well, <laughs> ev- eventually Harley, Harley Quinn like settles that down and like it that turns into a really good show, actually. But like th- this, I never really got over because it, it's I mean, again, I only watched one episode, so I can't <laughs> let's, let's qualify that. But like uh, it's still every time it, it, it was, uh, you know, pulled out, I was just like, this felt very like, I, I don't know, like it just felt very like, ha here's another time we can say yeah, fuck. It, like you, you can tell when some people say fuck that like they've been building up to saying it for the for the like the past five seconds in their head where it's like i'm gonna say fuck i'm gonna say fuck fucking yeah man oh i said the fuck i i said i said fuck oh i'm so cool like <laughs> yes it, it doesn't feel natural like they say fuck all the time it's like it's like i need to make a point <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> yeah I, I i still have a a dumb joke floating in my head regarding like given the name of this thing i was expecting it to be like oh this is a gaming group that has you know like ezra klein and the staff of vox (laughs) just very very boring what class would uh, ezra klein be (laughs) you know oh my god matt iglesias is a like a a completely like benighted wizard who (laughs) who thinks he knows a lot when you said that, I thought you, I was thinking Ezra Pound, and it was totally lost. <laughs> oh, no, no, that, that is a whole other gaming group, Pete. <laughs> can I? Can I? So I, I, I get the sense we are running out of things to say about Vox Machina, and are kind of transitioning out of it. Can I? Yeah, let's. Yeah, can let's I? Can I put this on the table? What What things have people been reading or watching that you are enjoying lately? Mm. I'd love to talk about that. Well, thanks for mentioning, Kurt. I've been really enjoying Book of the New Sun, which we have, <laughs> which we have a series series of read along uh, episodes. No, I mean apart from that, yes, I, I am really, really uh, digging Book of the New Sun. But apart it's from that, it's fucking great, man. It's great. Yeah. It, it's really great. Um, I, I just started. Uh, I'm, I'm only like a chapter or two into Manhunt. Oh, yep, that was uh, one of mine. Which is, yeah. Which is great. Uh, you had mentioned, Kurt, that you have not uh, uh, read or, or, or whatever um, the screw tapes, uh, the screw fly solution. I should correct. Say, I have not no. uh, by by uh, Tip Tree or Alice Sheldon, as the case may be. Uh, to be fair, no, no, no shade. I I, I only uh, listened to the pseudopod uh, episode of it uh, just recently for you know basically for the episode that we we did recently. Um, and that story is phenomenal. It is really, really good. And this was uh, honestly the the podcast that they did over at Pseudopod is really good too. Uh, just to plug it because they, it is a full cast sort of reading. Uh, so it, it really, it really, uh, I don't know what it is about full cast readings for me. Um, you know, like regular audiobooks with one that narr- one uh, narrator can be hit or miss for me, but like full cast, that's my brain just lights up like galaxy brain. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I, I would recommend it's, it's, I think it's about an hour long, so it's not, it's not a huge chunk of time. Uh, I always get that confused with the CS Lewis screw, screw tape. Letters. Yes. yes so I, I was, was like, about to, I was about to say that too. So don't feel bad. Oh, okay. Um, you all right? Sorry. Well, I, I mean, I've, I've, I've got my short list of what I've been reading, if that helps. But oh, please. oh okay. Tell, yeah, okay. go. Speak. Go for it. Okay. <laughs> uh, first thing, Years of Rice and Salt. Ooh. Hmm. Kim Stanley Robinson. 
um, the Black Plague, instead of wiping out 30% of Europe, wipes out 99% of Europe. Oh, yeah. And it's it's the history after that, what happens. And That's so, neat. you know, basically white people are in menageries and nothing else. And it's 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 hammer and tongs, uh, uh, the, the world of Islam in China. Wow. Mm-hmm, pretty much. Oh, well, yeah, and, uh, okay. the, I think it's, uh, what is it, the... I'm going to fuck up the name. Is it the Hanosani, uh, the, the Native American uh, conference as well? Yeah, uh, yeah. The, I mean, the, like the, the, basically the, the Iroquois and some other groups form a, a true democracy that, that fights it off. And uh, about half of India um, forms a, uh, a, a successful extremely advanced society and those two team up it's 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 complicated and interesting well the the weirdest thing about it is reincarnation is real and plays an element in the plot huh oh wow interesting i i like kim stanley robinson as a person a great deal i've only read one kim stanley rob kim kim stanley robinson book uh sorry this is a beer run so i am (laughs) i i am questing for my own cosmic oblivion well Um, let, let me let me rejoinder you on that kurt yeah, there you okay. go. Ooh, yeah. God, good luck and Godspeed, uh, <laughs> you you Pete Emperor. Um, so I read I read Red Mars, read Red Red mm-hmm. Mars in um for a uh, when I was in high school, you got to pick like what summer reading program you did, and I I picked science fiction one year, and the this was probably in nineteen ninety nine, I'm guessing maybe maybe two thousand, um, and the the reading for the summer for that for that year was uh Red Mars. Uh, Mind Star Rising by God is that Peter F. Hamilton? It fucking sucks. It's yes. A bad book. Oh, it's so bad. It's not a good book at all. It's a bit bad. Oh, Kurt, I, I had a friend uh, back back in Puerto Rico who wanted me to read those books so bad. It's so bad. It's like crap books material. It's so corny and weird <laughs> and just not good. And Neuromancer, and Ooh. one of those books changed my life, and the other two, uh, Mind Star Rising changed my life in terms of being like i don't want to read this but this is an example of what i don't like <laughs> but but uh yeah it's it's weird it's like a weird combination of like cyberpunk and like tom clancy but more more tom clancy it's just it's bad it's not good um <laughs> but it's uh it 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 feels like a novelization of a movie that doesn't exist <laughs> <laughs> yep. wow uh but but uh ksr is someone that i i've never read another book by him but i've listened to a few interviews uh with him and i've read a bunch of essays and stuff by him he seems like a really charming nice guy uh the um the podcast uh the antifada with uh jamie peck and uh sean kb um had an episode where they interviewed him um with uh will mediker and it was a it's a really charming interview you should definitely look it up if you like kim stanley yeah, he, was, he was like out on his on his yeah, yeah, like back porch and shit like bird that song, was like, whatever he's talking it was it was, so, it was so neat and charming um yeah so so i like i i'm a fan of him as a person but i feel like i don't know anything about him as a writer mm-hmm. i i think i i read red mars and uh green mars which is uh also pretty good i i think i just pumped the brakes on blue mars because it got like f- too far off uh it, and this is a me problem more than anything else i think it's something where if i i don't know where the like I, I if it's too far future or too far out there um 
I start losing, like, it's like, I don't know where I am. And so then I'm like, eh, okay. I'll yeah. Yeah. That. I gotcha. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So the only other book I want to mention, and I have to mention it because guys, it's so fucking bad. I have searched <laughs> for five years for a copy of this goddamn book. Um, <laughs> oh my the, god it's called a vision of beasts creation descending by jack lovejoy which <clears> is <throat> a post-apocalyptic conan style thing where this bare-chested guy fights people away from the bomb shelter that are called gunks and like he's constantly talking about how they don't wash their hair and stuff. It's really bad. And so, like, so Pete, Pete is uh, given the title is is it like literally he has a bare chest or is it like uh, is well, it B E A R or B A R? Well, I mean, if if you if you look if 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 you look at the 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 book cover, which is probably the best thing about it. Um, <laughs> The, the the jorts he's wearing appear to be made out of bear fur and the rest <laughs> of him is naked. Okay. Interesting. Okay. And I, right. I just I remember reading that it came out in like nineteen eighty four and I got it like hot off the shelves and I read it and I was fourteen and I was like, this is the worst fucking thing I will ever <laughs> read in my life. <laughs> And, you know, that's a moment you've got to recapture. So yeah. I, I managed to track it down in a used bookstore yesterday. Awesome. All right. And, and and so then you you opened it up and started reading it and so going, yep, and that was the worst thing. <laughs> it, it, it's it must be pretty bad because it's hard to like read something when you're 14 and be like, oh wow, this is terrible. Like yeah. <laughs> the writing is awful. Like you know, you little prick. <laughs> In my limited experience, I know this sucks. <laughs> I was like, Actually, this kind of reminds me. Have I ever, ever told you guys about my AA Adonacio um, and and uh, Lee thing? Well, I, I know that you've mentioned uh, AA Adonacio several times, but but do go on. I, okay, I, I don't so know that I've heard this. One of one of my favorite authors in the world. He's certainly in my top ten. Is AA Adonacio, and I mean he he mixes. Um, Hindu mysticism with uh, with uh, scientific theory, things like like quantum physics, to write his novels, and like sometimes that's unbearable, but sometimes it really clicks. And he, there was a time in college where he was my favorite author, and my least favorite author was this guy named Adam Lee who wrote fantasy that everybody's trying to get me to fucking read at the time, right? <laughs> and I had this wonderful moment in Wikipedia when I finally looked up A.A. Adonacio to see if there was a book I hadn't read uh -oh. to discover that they were the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> you had not read about pen names, apparently. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Oh, 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 so, so, uh, uh guys, uh, I just wanted to point out, um, just a, a minor callback. Uh, do you know where Brandon Sanderson's Kickstarter stands right now? Oh God, no, no. wait, but you know what power, more power to him. Get the fucking bag. But Get that it's, bag. It's, all, it, uh, it's I, true. I am fine. I am fine with it. It, it I don't care. $18 million. Um, oh no. I'm no. actually laughing. <laughs> no, it is it is it is much more than that, Kurt. Really? 
Yes. No fucking way. Really? Yes. Jesus. It is 28,301,000. Right so on the verge weird. of being 302,000. Oh, my God. That's so weird. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, you know, to be it's honest cool, with you, man. Like, like, it's cool, man. Like, I, I think uh, I, I, I Tor has got to be like, how are we not getting this money? Like, where are these people when we put out all these? Well, like- well that I think that that's the thing. Uh, he, he he's very open that um, even if you kickstarted this, he reserves the right to approach a, a, a publisher to have them you know traditionally published. I'm sure he will. I mean, it would make sense. Right. I, I mean, like it. It, 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 at at some level, it's going to happen at least after the fact, right? Like it's mm-hmm. not like it's only going to be. A, I mean, it 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 could well do that, but like at a certain point, you don't even just for like the fulfillment angle, you don't you don't want that, right? Like, oh, he right. should George R. R. Martin this shit and just never get around to writing it. I'd be so <laughs> proud of him. He's just star citizen. It, you know that that would that would be that would be really funny. But uh, you know, I I have an inkling that um, there's, that there's Brandon never been is, there's never been anything that Brandon Sanderson hasn't written. <laughs> yes, I mean he 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 is probably pathologically uh, n- he needs to pathologically fulfill this, you know, and uh, so he, like he walks into Sam's Club with a 600 page grocery list. <laughs> 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 and most of that is just ink for his printer. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, what have you been reading or watching? Yeah. Um, so uh reading wise, uh obviously Shadow and Claw or, or Shadow of the Torturer as we're making our way through that, but that which is awesome as everybody says. Um I am reading uh I think I don't think I mentioned this on the last one, but it's called uh These Fists Break Bricks. Did I mention that before? That sounds cool. I don't think you did, no. No, so it is um by Grady Hendrix. Uh uh he's a who's a like a horror novelist, but he's also he also does these kind of like research nonfiction books. Uh and this is kind of like a big like coffee table size, like uh soft cover, uh, but it's focused solely on um, Kung Fu movies and their impact on America and like American movies themselves. So it's, it's less about like the making and releasing of them in Hong Kong or, or, uh, China or anything like that. But it's all about like, you know, the grind, the grindhouses they played in, in New York city and how they, how the popularity spread and how Bruce Lee, like, you know, everything blew up after him. Um, and it just has tons and tons of just gorgeous, like, uh, you know, seventies exploitation, classic, like posters um some really awesome photos behind the scene photos uh it's just really really interesting so i'm working my way through that um that's really fascinating oh oh making it all about the u.s (laughs) exactly Mm. right yes yeah very shaking my damn head (laughs) anyway no no i mean that that honestly sounds pretty cool yeah Um, it's it, it is interesting because it it you know, like, I, I think we kind of take for granted that, like, you know, it be, before the 70s, that those kind of movies were just completely unknown in America. And, like, it it took, you know, Bruce Lee to really, really mm-hmm. uh, make them huge. And, so, And at the same time, it's interesting to look at how, like, now, like, kung fu movies were, in some ways, not economically, but culturally, a bigger thing to some degree in the seventies than they are now. I I think in part just because of the newness of it. Mm -hmm. Like, like I, I guess, I guess the only time that feels comparable was like 
the height of like Jackie Chan's fame in the U.S. Yeah, where like you actually and, and where you had like Jackie Chan and like Jet Li putting out like pretty regular movies. I, I remember going mm-hmm. to see uh, Kiss of the Dragon. So I think it's two thousand one. I think um, I, I, we 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 all went as like our gaming group went to go see Rumble. There you the go. Box. There you go. Nice. Your 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 own Vox Machina. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, but but like kung fu movies are like a big deal in the 70s culture in the 70s culture because it was a new very different thing that for uh, to to american audiences as far as they were concerned appeared out of nowhere and now it's like to be very into kung fu movies you have to be like a certain sort of weird dork who you know is obsessive about what uh like well, it, vinegar it, syndrome is putting out I, I would i would i would say kurt that i mean the thing here is that it's been it's been completely sort of assimilated and closed within mainstream us filmmaking so you know you, mm. you'll have you know supposedly you'll have like fight choreographies by you know x or y person mm-hmm. um, i i don't know any super kung fu people you know you know who who sure. did uh the the, the uh, choreography on the the matrix trilogy mm-hmm. right okay so i mean but that that's i feel like even then that was uh sort of a standout because it, yeah. that's what made well, it yeah, really yeah. pop right carl yeah but, I, you know you're right because like in the 90s and i was completely oblivious to this i didn't realize know about this but sammo hung had his own like starring role tv show like in the 90s in america mm, like he just, really yeah, and it was just, and he actually did like a crossover with uh, Walker Texas Ranger. What was it called? Like that. Oh, oh, that's um, right. You're right. You're right. Martial justice or something like oh, that. Oh, that sounds familiar. Something. So, like that. so Chris, the only reason I know this, and you just dug up a memory because I was probably visiting my my folks. My Martial dad, law. who martial law. That's right. Yeah, my dad, uh, who who you know studied, you know, he had a black belt in karate or whatever. The first Dan or second Dan, I forget. Um, in in you know Shotokan. But but he loved Texas Walk, uh, you know Texas uh, Walker, Walker Texas, Texas Ranger. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Texas, Texas Walker, Walker Ranger. Ranger. Oh, what? That's you got all three movie. words, dude. It's a win. Yeah, I'll I'll take it. Um, I had I had a really bad Wordle day today. So <laughs> anyway, so uh, I, I think that I I may have caught like I was like, is that Samo Hung? In, in you know, to be honest with you, Chris, Sammo Hung was always a much more fascinating uh, figure to me in some of those Jackie Chan movies, mainly because you know he he's not like he's, he doesn't look thin. No, he's, he's a, not. He's, he's, he is he's not a, thin. He's a hefty <laughs> dude, yeah, and he, yet he's like so fit. Like his physicality and yes. everything looks so cool. Like he's it's so yeah. cool to see him fight, and it's like Jesus Christ, this is amazing. Yes, yeah, Samo was the real big, um, you know, find that I. To Kurt's point, I am that dork who who has gotten <laughs> really into uh, kung fu within the last couple kung fu movies within the last couple of years. That's um, awesome, and and yeah, and Samo was like the big. Cause like, you know, I, I was aware of Jackie Chan and I think I've saw a few of his movies as a kid, but like, uh, and Jet Li, obviously like from the one and all those kind of like, uh, Romeo must die. I, d- I definitely that remember seeing that. Fucking oh, great. Yeah. Romeo yeah. must die is so good. Yes. God damn it. Um, but Samo was the, like the big fine where I was just like, this dude is like, he's a big dude and he's like twirling around just as much as like Jackie is. And he, so he ruled and he like directed so many classics. It, yeah. He, he's, he's great. So um any you know so this book just really really goes into that kind of all that kind of stuff and and um yeah so that that was really good um a movie i watched a couple nights ago that i think fits in with this um 
with Podside really well is called uh, Crazy Thunder Road. Uh, and it is a 1980 Japanese movie um, started out as like kind of like a film school, um, like thesis kind of film, um, but eventually got um, funding from one of the the Japanese studios to, to complete it. Um, directed by Gakuru uh, Ishii. Um, I'm not familiar with him at all. I don't know much of what he did, but this is kind of like a, it's kind of like a, a mix between, um, it seems vaguely post-apocalyptic, um, but it's not like heavy handed in that regard. Um, it's very stylized where it's, so it's about, um, like a oh, biker he did gang. Burst City. He did Burst City. Oh yes. I've seen yes, that. Yes. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's, uh, Crazy Thunder Road's like about, um, a biker gang and they like, Uh, the one guy is going, he does, he wants to get out of the life because he met a girl and like, um, and then there's like, so so let's be, I'm, I don't want to be clear that the storyline is kind of (laughs) like a little convoluted to me at that, but, um, there's also, um, a competing gang, which is like a, like Japanese militaristic fascist gang. So they're like, uh, Mm -hmm. carrying around like the rising sun, like military flag and stuff like that. And, um, so there's, they kind of go back and forth, but um, it's just really stylized. Uh, there's like tons of really cool shots and like, um, you know, there's like some really interesting camera work. Like at one point they're like all standing around in a circle talking about stuff and the camera is doing like a complete 360 pen. And then like, it just keeps like, it, it goes all the way around what you think you'd be doing the full 360, but then it keeps going and it keeps going and it keeps getting faster and faster to the point where like, it just becomes complete blur and an abstraction while these guys are still talking about this. It's just this like crazy like student film type stuff and um it was just a total blast um it 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 gets a little uh like the plot like i said the plot gets a little like there's there's like double crosses and triple crosses and it gets a little convoluted and and maybe um it's only like an hour 30 something um yeah 98 minutes yeah and even then it feels a little long at times but um it's it was just really worth it And, and it just finally for the very first time uh, came out on Blu-ray um, on uh, I think it's Third Willi- Third Window Films, which is a UK label. Um, but I was able mm. to get it. Um, you could order directly from them, or um, I think there's some various online places that will import from the UK. Um, and the UK has been like the big um, releaser of these um, like uh, Asian like Asian cinema has been really hopping in the UK right now with uh, Arrow putting out like the Shaw Scope bar- uh, box set. Uh, which is all the the Shaw Brothers classic Hong, uh, Kung Fu stuff. Like even before Kung Fu is more like the, the Wuxia uh, stuff, like the Wuxia stuff um, with like King Hu and, and things like that. And then there's also uh, Eureka and 88 films are big ones. 88 films has been going through all the Jackie Chan um, that they can get their hands on. So, um, but I do recommend Crazy Thunder Road. Um, really, really fun. Excellent. All right. And I I'll- have a, Oh, can I can I say my thing real real, real quick? I'll, I'll say I'm I'm also reading Manhunt currently. I love it. It's nice. great. It's a very um, it's an effortlessly well thought out novel. Is what I mm. will say of it. It's uh, like it is both um, it, it well, you know it 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 bears saying you know by uh, I, I I would say beloved acquaintance uh podside acquaintance Gretchen Felker Martin. Um, it's, it is, it is supremely competent and well done and it feels at once familiar and very new. Um, and I, I am really enjoying it. 
Uh, it's different from what I was expecting, but not in a way that is in any way less or or bad. It's just it's just different from what I was expecting, which is good, honestly. Like it was, it, it is what I was expecting, but it is also more than that. So you know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm sure that I'll have you know more in depth thoughts about it at some point. Um, I just <clears throat> got and barely started reading uh, Everfair by Nisi Shaw, um, mm-hmm. which is a 2016 book. Um, it's kind of like a socialist steampunk uh, novel um, set in uh, the, the the Congo. Uh, so it takes place in like colonial era uh, Congo, but um, basically like British socialists and missionaries bring um, like more advanced technology and socialism to the Congo such that they are, I, th- I think it, it seems like it's going to be that they are able to stand up as kind of like an independent nation um, instead of like as a colony. Um, and that, that seems interesting. Um, I'm also still reading uh, Red Spider White Web by uh, Misha uh, no- Nogi, I-, I-, I think is, the la- is-, is her last name, um, which is a 1990 cyberpunk novel. Um, extremely strange and weird and challenging to read at times, um, but just very inventive. Uh, just just extremely inventive and like I'm going to need to write something about it or try to get her to do an interview or something at some point because it's so it's so it's very people say it all the time but it's rarely true that something would not be written or published today this is a book that would not be published today it's so far out there that it is um it it, it you know like literary fiction has a has a history i think of taking genre elements and like watering them down a little bit and being more about like the literary aspect than about the genre aspect which which can work out for the better or sometimes it can it, you know it can work out for uh for for worse this feels like um like genre fiction just elevated through experimentation and strangeness and and just adventurousness to the heights of like the the best and most bizarre literary fiction and it's so strange and dark and weird the the only thing i can think to compare it of compare it to is if if uh china myville's uh bass lag trilogy had been written you know immediately after neuromancer it mm. is what it feels like it's very very off-putting and bizarre like to the point <clears throat> that there's there's chapters that feel like an excerpt from like ulysses or something hmm. um but but it's it's good it's just it's just an interesting weird you know out of time book and uh it, w- it was hard to buy a copy of it uh, i i had to order it um from uh misha's publisher which is like a small press in uh minnesota i think um she's uh uh indigenous uh native american um, and the, the, it's, I, I think the press publishes a, like a fair bit of, uh, indigenous authors. I, I, I get the impression I could be wrong about that. Um, but the only way to, to, to get it, it's not available on like digitally anywhere was literally as like a paperback directly from, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a small press, but, um, it's, sh- it showed up. So, uh, hmm. if you want really weird, really challenging cyberpunk, that is unlike anything you will have read before. I, I highly recommend red spider white web by, uh, by Misha. Um, and then I've been playing Elden Ring, which we just did a really fun episode uh, <laughs> with uh, Hagelbond, um, which I'm That's sure awesome. will be out uh, either before or after this episode, which uh, or or at the same time as this episode. <laughs> Maybe it will be. I don't know. Yeah. I, I've been enjoying watching everybody playing Elden Ring from afar and talking about, oh, I, I'm 
uh, just be battling the the Duke of Boyletown. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh! The other thing I've been watching, and this isn't really this is funny because it's genre, but it's not pod side genre. Is uh, I've been watching a bunch of mystery stuff. Um, I watched uh, a a I think it was a 1990 BBC series called Heat of the Sun, which is kind of like like a colonial noir. Um, murder mystery about like a disgraced uh like scotland yard detective who gets basically transferred to uh colonial kenya i think it takes place in like the 1920s um and he's basically policing like degenerate british aristocrats in you know colonial era uh kenya um and now i'm watching uh, a series called campion which is about a kind of like a kind of like quirky, like nice British aristocrat who who solves crimes for mysterious reasons, but they're all kind of like lighthearted high society crimes. It's very, it's very strange. It's very kind of G.K. Chesterton, um, but I'm I, I'm I, I'm enjoying it, and it's it's funny because um, it's making me realize how much like m- murder mystery TV, especially British murder mystery like period dramas, is like a is like a comfort watch uh, for me. So I'm enjoying it greatly. You, oh. you, you said that, uh, uh, Kurt, and it reminded me, like, I think I'd, I'd asked you this before, but it, it just bubbles up back, back up because it's like, so is that, uh, it was that who, uh, Alan Moore was riffing on in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen Apparently by not. making Campion Bond? Apparently not. Maybe the name, but, but the, I, I looked up the character cause I, I've read all of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen except, uh, the Black Dossier stuff. I don't think I've read. Um, and I didn't remember it and it doesn't seem related. Um, Mm. Campion is kind of like, um, it is kind of like Jeeves and Wooster plus a little bit of like Phantomas. Um, interesting. It's very, it's very strange. It's like, it's like Jeeves and Wooster. If, if Jeeves were like a former robber slash burglar, um, and Wooster were actually smart instead of like, that kind of like you know dumb dumb smart that he is kurt have you ever <laughs> read the benjamin january books no i have not well first okay <laughs> you laughed you laughed me my friend <laughs> i well you know what this this is my beer drinking opportunity for the week so i am going for it <laughs> so yeah I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna explain those books and i'm gonna make a pitch to you guys and i'll be fast because i know everybody wants to talk um so the Benjamin January books take place in pre-Civil War New Orleans, and there's a free man of color, Benjamin January, who's been trained as a doctor in Paris and is um, – Sherlock Holmes is equal, easily. Mm. But what makes it interesting is he finds himself in a situation. He solves the crime. He presents it to everybody, and everybody's like – why is the darky talking? Oh. And so he needs to figure out social ways to get the answer out into the world. Oh, wow. kind of like Penny from uh, Inspector Gadget. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But like a, a little more grim. <laughs> <laughs> That's really interesting. Uh, and and, and who, who wrote these and where are they from? Um, the Barbara Hambly. They're still going on. There's about 10 books now. Okay. The first one's called The Free Man of Color. Interesting. Okay, I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Oh, uh, incidentally, while you were talking, I realized I think I misgendered uh, Nisi Shaw, the author 
of uh, Everfair. I, I I apologize for that. They identify as uh, they them. So uh, sorry about that. If if I did, do is that, there a boot to... function, Carlo? <laughs> <laughs> Accountability. God damn it. So anyway, that sounds okay. really cool, P. I my um I will recommend that to my mother and grandmother because they are. I, I, I just negged you. Is that great? You really <laughs> negged me, dude. But, but the I, um, thing is, I made my mom read them, so no, it's okay. Yeah, no, my my and and I there's an eighty percent chance that they they have already read them because you know they're both retired. My my grandmother is like ninety eight, I think, and my mother is I think she's. I think she's 69. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, she's she's probably 70 by now. Um uh, but uh uh they in their retirement they just read mystery novels and watch mystery TV nonstop. I have never yet recommended something to her that she hasn't she hasn't read or watched already. <laughs> awesome. Amazing. All right. Oh, uh I I did uh want to point out that um uh, against my, uh, against, you know, unwillingly, a, a friend of mine put Cruella, you know, the, the origin story of the puppy killer on. <laughs> and honestly, I, 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 I. What? Oh, no, not, didn't like it. I mean, it's, it's perfectly, it's aggressively fine. You know, <laughs> it's, it, I think the, the thing that I was most annoyed about was the fact that, this is a this is a movie that um they felt the need for like a needle <laughs> drop every two minutes oh. approximately mm. to you know remember the sixties? <laughs> it's like Jesus Christ, man. That's speculative fiction in the sense of I, I speculate what the fuck is wrong with like <laughs> Disney that they're doing. I, I I honestly I know what's wrong with it. If you look it up, it's very depressing. Those those like live action uh, sequels and remakes all make a shitload of money mm-hmm. um, in a very sad, depressing way. We're just very we're we are very predictable creatures, aren't we, humans? Well, and and it also uh, you know it 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 sort of it's it's sort of like um, the trick of uh, making like a, a horrible date uh, a, a holiday or something. You know, like over overwriting. <laughs> a horrible occurrence with a new holiday that happens on the same date. Um, in, in this case, it's a, it's a way to just overwrite the older films. And if there's anyone that survive that's still surviving and perhaps, uh, you know, getting any type of money off of that, it's, it's, Oh yeah. They're yeah. gone. Yeah. Th- that, that will be you know, minimized. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that was the, the argument that I was hearing from the live action Lion King, which, I mean, looks like shit. It's terrible. I mean, <laughs> looks like chewed up shit. <laughs> I, we, I I actually saw that in theaters with with my daughter. And oh no, she she like I, she has yet to even like comment on it. Like and it's just like and she'll watch crap over and over again. So oh oh, speaking of, I, you know, we're we're a little bit over an hour, but but I want to squeeze this in. Um, I I Star Wars pills. I I bug pilled uh my my kids uh this <laughs> this past week. Um uh my 5-year-old, soon to be a 6-year-old came home and said to me, 
uh, I want to watch Star Wars. Can we watch Star Wars? And I said, okay, yeah, we can watch Star Wars. And I'm like, all right, what, th- that, that could be anything. I can tell her anything is Star Wars. You know, there's so much different Star Wars out there. I, I, I could tell her that the holiday, you know, the Star Wars holiday special is Star Wars. You, you should have just started on a book of Boba Fett. I hear it's yeah, really interesting. There you go. It's not. It's not. It is not. Um, and, and so I settled on, you know what? I'll start her with Phantom Menace because it's about a kid. You know, it features heavily features a kid. And so uh, I watched it with her and it was a really interesting experience. I, I, I always kind of liked that movie regardless of like, like even when it came out, I I always kind of liked it um, compared to kind of the average opinion of it. That's a great kids movie. Honestly, Mm. it's a, it's like primarily a kids movie. George Lucas is a fucking genius. Like he figured out he, he played he played us. He played everyone. Everyone was like, I want more Star Wars. I'm 24 years old. And he was like, This is for five-year-olds. This is a movie for five-year-olds to make them like Star Wars for the next 40 years so that I can sell this for, you know, fucking a trillion dollars to whoever I want in 15 years. <laughs> um, and it it just it it just it cracks like for a kid, it cracks along, right? Like, and um what's weird is that there were like uh See the the serious scenes, right? With like the Trade Federation, um, the kids were super into because they're like, "What's that character doing?" And I was like, "Oh, well, that's you know, he's a Gungan. He's you know, a little bit of a racist caricature, but not all the way. Like, you know, it's uh, it's his name's Jar Jar Binks, and he's you know, he's kind of like a silly goof, and nobody likes him, but he'll be. It, what, what what's funny is that you, you can spoil a movie for a kid while they're watching it, and it doesn't lessen their surprise <laughs> once that happens. Mm, yeah, uh, but yeah, our, my my kids were super into it, and as soon as we got done, they were like, "We want to watch it again, instant, instantly, instantly." Um, and so the rest of the weekend has been like watching different Star Wars media. We watched like a bunch of like Lego Star Wars. We watched like some of. Uh, they didn't like Rebels or the Clone Wars cartoon, but they did like Lego Star Wars. So I don't know. It's it's been it's been it's been interesting and, and weird. Um, this is heartwarming. Yeah, it's been it's been fun. And I, I you know and and that said, I don't want to. I don't know how they're going to react when I'm when like it, when they see like the next movie <laughs> where all of a sudden you know young cute Anakin is like dark and brooding, uh, and then the one after that where he's doing genocide. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I I think genocide should be the last on point word here. Should we wrap it up? <laughs> Thank you. I, yes. I'm happy to say, uh, happy to drop that word into the episode like like iron bars falling down <laughs> over our hopes and dreams, <laughs> <laughs> like, like Sam trying to rescue Frodo from the orcs at the end of Two Towers. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So uh, I think we'll leave it there. And uh, I do want to thank you all for um, watching, even if it were only one episode of <laughs> The Legend of Vox Machina, uh, because, you know, I, I just wanted to talk about this because I, I, I'm, I'm still flummoxed. Y- you know what? We should probably uh, put, put it on the docket. Let's, let's go watch some of the old D&D uh, I'm down. Cart- Saturday I'm down. morning cartoon. Oh, hell yes. Yeah. I bet we can find uh, somebody who, who has some resonance with that or is an expert or, or who is a secret expert. We should, we should talk well, we, about we who have, we, we have Michelle 
who was the person who told us that that apparently uh that show was huge in brazil there you go yeah it's so so much so that they is to germany as dungeons and dragons is to brazil (laughs) they had they had what was the what was it was it citroen i forget which which car company it was uh had a commercial oh yeah 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 i don't think it, it was it was it renault maybe it was citroen i don't know uh, um, it might be Renault. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. It, anyway, it, a foreign foreign car. Um, and, and it was like a live action with good CGI renditions of, you know, like the D&D characters. You're like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> there, there's a, Why don't we have this here? <laughs> there's a fan made um, final episode of that series that like people oh, made based on an unproduced script that would have wrapped up the series and like resolved all the plots and it's actually insanely high quality uh it's on youtube mm-hmm. um so that you know that could be an interesting it, it's truly something that like you know d- died on the vine you know 30 plus years ago that people were like no this needs closure still so it clearly mm-hmm. struck a chord with with people and that chord was e major a good course. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm I'm totally down for it because honestly, there are a couple of, of episodes of that that show that like really I still remember fondly because like I was like all worked up about them. I was like, oh shit, <laughs> they they do a really good job, you know. Anyway, yeah. uh, that 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 will be uh, an, a topic for another episode uh, of podside picnic but uh, i do think that i should thank you all for 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 watching vox machina uh, and talking about and, and drinking beer and talking about uh, other stuff that you actually did like um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah so so hit stop because i have some secret things i want to tell you that i don't ooh, want our fans to know oh hello <laughs> all right well uh sorry folks uh pete's got to say <laughs> you some don't get to find stuff. out about it severian is on the move he's uh <laughs> I'm not going to tell you about this thing. But thank you for, for thank you for listening this long. To and we'll catch you next time here at Podside. Bye. Come on, come on, share a potion with me.